0: Look in 1st Chronicles with me. 1st Chronicles chapter 13. I'll help you with it. You'll find that right before 2nd Chronicles. 1st Chronicles chapter 13. Verse 1. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds. And with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel. If it seem good unto you. And that it be of the Lord our God. Let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere. That are left in the land of Israel. And with them also to the priests and Levites. Which are in their cities and suburbs. That they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of God to us. For we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. Boy, that's a sad statement right there. All the, under Saul, they inquired not at the ark all the days of Saul. Verse 4. And all the congregation said that they would do so. For the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David gathered all Israel together from Shihor of Egypt, even unto the entering of Hamath, to bring the ark of God from Kirjathjearim. And David went up in all Israel to Baalah, that is to Kirjathjearim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of the God the Lord that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahil drave the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might, and with singing, and with harps, and with psalteries, and with timbrels, and with cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him, because he put his hand to the ark. And there he died before God. And David was displeased, because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, wherefore that place is called Peraz-Uzzah unto this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark home, the ark of God, home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed Edom the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed Edom and all that he had. Much that we could try to cover, I want to give out just a little bit of introduction, and then we 'll get to the message when we look at the text it's talking about this how that david uh, has 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 taken the office as king. you know David waited patiently on the Lord until god 's timing and and after the death of Saul, then David was made king first in Hebron. For seven years over over Judah, and then in Second Samuel five, he was anointed the third time and uh, was made king over all twelve tribes of Israel. Well, here as David's ascending, uh, you know, taking the throne of uh, you know king over Israel, he realizes the greatest need that they have as a nation is they need God. Amen. They need God. See, the ark represents the presence and the power of God. Amen. It's sad, I paused there at that verse, that under Saul's reign, they inquired not. uh, All the days of Saul's reign, they inquired not of the ark. Inquired not of God all the days. You know, that parallels our nation. You know, our founding fathers, they sought God in everything they did, in all the uh, uh documents, and all the governing uh, principles, <coughs> excuse me, In everything, they sought God in all of it, amen, well, Saul had no time, uh, you know, Saul started out uh humbly, he was a big man physically, but he started out humbly, but it didn't take him long to get caught up in the pride of life, and being caught up in the pride of life, he didn't need God, he was king. Amen. But David, David's a different story. David was a man after God's own heart. David knew the greatest thing he needed was, he needed God. The greatest thing that Israel needed is, Israel needed God. Amen. Amen. Now, he's gone to fetch the ark. Now, where where was the ark? Well, if you go back into uh, uh, 2 Samuel, find that and first Samuel, excuse me, you'll find that the Philistines were lined out against the children of Israel and greatly outnumbered the children of Israel. And the children of Israel, the men of Israel, got the bright idea to bring the ark of God into the camp of Israel. And when they brought it into the camp, all the, all the men of Israel shouted with a great shout. Well, we know one thing from that. They weren't Baptists. All of them shouted. Amen. Okay. And it put fear in the hearts of the Philistines. The men of the the Philistines. Okay. But amazingly, God allowed the Philistines to capture the ark. And they took it home and put it in their temple of their God, Dagon. And uh, the next morning, they went in and uh, checked on things in the temple of Dagon. And Dagon's falling on his face. He was no God. Amen. You know what's amazing in that is they propped him back up. That's what people do today, is they make up their own God and keep propping him back up. Amen. Well, they went in the next morning after that, and all they find is a stump. And boy, put fear that really put fear in their hearts. So they decided to send the ark back. Okay. Now, when they sent the ark back, they put it on a new cart. And they hooked up some milk cows to it. And sent it with some offerings and things. And sent it back to Israel. Okay. It ends up with the equinites and different things. That's not where I'm headed, but I thought I'd throw that in. Because it's relevant here in just a minute. So David now realizes, though Saul didn't need the ark, though Saul didn't need God, God knew, uh, David knew he needed God. So the first order of business after he becomes king is he's going to fetch the ark. Amen. Now that's a good thing. We need God. Amen. We need God. But now, God's business has to be carried out God's way. Amen. The church is not an organization, although it has some organization. Amen. Meaning that we don't operate as a company or, you know, some, some, uh, worldly organization. Yeah, it's not a CEO with a board, governing board and all these things. God operates his business through his man. Amen. Uh, You know, it's amazing. What kills churches is committees. They'll have a committee for everything. They'll have a committee to decide whether they can put this up for VBS. They'll have a committee whether Jerry Morris can build a lighthouse or not. Amen. Baptist churches, it's almost like old McDonald's. You know, here committee, there committee... Everywhere, a committee. I heard an old man of God say one time. You know what a camel is? It's a horse put together by a Baptist committee. <laughs> Amen. Well, we don't need committees. We just need the man of God in touch with God. Amen. Amen. So, David here tonight. He's all excited. He knows he, Israel needs God. He needs God. They need to go fetch the ark. And David's all excited. I mean, we're reading there where he gathers all the tribes together. And he's, he's announcing them how they need to bring the ark back. And, and boy, they, they've got the musicians. And they're all excited. And they're playing that thing up. But... David tried to bring the ark back as the Philistines tried to send it. They put the ark on a cart. You know, it's amazing how God allowed the heathen to abuse the things of God, but not the children of God. Not the children of God. What are you getting at? Well, if you check it out in, in Numbers and different other places, the, the the in Numbers chapter seven it outlines uh, in the first part of it how that the the Levites were given responsibility for the things of God. And certain families within the Levites were given carts, but not the family that was to bear the ark. Uh, They were they were not given a cart. That those priests and that family, uh, that their responsibility was. You remember the ark? uh, It had the rings in the side of it, and there was those staves, those wooden poles, that they would run through those rings. Then those Levites, that part of the Levites, they were to get up under that and bear it upon their shoulders. And those priests were to carry the ark. Amen. Okay. That, that's how God's people were to handle the ark. But David, boy, he's doing a good thing. He's going to fetch the ark. But he's going around about it the wrong way. Amen. You know, that, that tells us a lot about today's society. They think they're doing a good thing. But their methods are all all turned around. Amen. Too much world. Amen. Hey, we've got to do things God's way. Well, David fetches the ark and they put it they put it on the cart, as we read here. And and it it talks about Azzah and Ahio. I'm not sure about these names. If I didn't pronounce them right, you can ask the preacher when he gets back. Amen. And, um, but it, what's significant here is that uh, the, as they're bringing the ark back, the cart hits a little place in the road, and the ark shakes on the cart. You know what we read? And Uzzah put his hand upon the ark to steady it. And God smote Uzzah. What are you getting that preacher? God's, God's very careful about how he wants things done. Amen. Uzzah's trying to help God out. Isn't that stupid? You know, we get ourselves in a lot of trouble trying to help God out. Amen. Amen. God doesn't need our help. God just needs us. Amen. Amen. So he he studied the cart, studied the ark on the cart, and God smote him. Now, that angers David. I can tell you this, you're on the wrong side of things when you're displeased with God. Preacher brought it out the other night. God's right in everything He does. God's never been wrong. God's always right. God does right. Amen. Amen. Well, God smote us it. and it angered David. So David, now what's he going to do with the ark? Well, he drops it off at the home of this man named Obed-Edom. We read about him there in verses thirteen and fourteen. David drops the ark off at the house of Obed Edom. Now look at verse thirteen again. Notice some things. We'll get in the message. It says, So David brought not the ark home to himself, to the city of David, but carried aside, carried it aside into the house of Obed Edom. Now look at them next two words the Gittite. Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Now, I, I, this is not a trick question, and you may not know the answer because of, it says Gittite. So I'll help you before I ask the question. Okay? Uh, uh, Obed-Edom, by designating that he's a Gittite, it's telling us where he's from. Amen? It's like saying, uh, Brother Morris is an Alabamian. Amen. Uh, Jerry King's a Tennessean. Amen. You get the picture? It's just telling us where he's from. Now, why is that important? Well, by being a Gittite, it, it's telling us that Obed-Edom was from this place called Gas. Now, are you familiar with Gath? Who, who do you know from Gath? Goliath. The Philistine giant. See, Obed-Edom was from the same place that Goliath was from. The Philistine giant. Amen. So, Obed-Edom was from Gath, uh, a Philistine. Uh, uh, you know, from the same place as as Goliath. Now, it's interesting when you realize that he's a Gittite, why he would even take the ark into his house. You know, news travels fast, and bad news travels even faster. And that's before twits and tweets and chats and, and uh, I'm still emailing and texting. Amen. At least I'm doing that now. <laughs> Amen. So, I, I'm sure that Obed-Edom had heard how God had smitten Isaiah. Amen. I, I'm sure he was aware of it. Plus, now he was from Gath. Why would he be interested in the ark of God? Amen. After all the Philistines, they worshipped Dagon. Amen. Where are you headed, preacher? Well, here, you think about it. Obed-Edom, I can imagine, I'm surmising, I'm supposing, though it's not always the best, but I'm thinking that, Obed-Edom, by being, uh, you know, from Gath, that he, he probably had a pretty miserable existence. Can you remember where you were before the Lord found you? Gath isn't a pleasant place. You're only fooling yourself if you think you're doing well. Amen. That, I don't know what, Uh, Obed either might have uh, experimented with but you know it's amazing how that every individual knows there's something missing in their life everybody knows there's a void and people work hard trying to fill the void some experiment in riotous living I. Alcohol and drugs and what have you. Only to be left twice empty with their experimentation. Amen. Others get caught up in religion. They're just as empty in their religion as the one is in riotous living. Others get caught up in their own self-righteousness. Try to, they keep doing things because there's a void and they want to fill the void and they, what, they don't like that empty feeling. So they fill it up with all the things they can do. All to no avail. I, I'm looking at Obed Edom in, in this light that, that he probably had tried anything and everything and was still empty. So that when David dropped the ark off at his house, he's probably thinking, I've tried everything else. Might as well try the Jews' religion. And he let the ark into his house. Amen. Now, can you imagine Obed Edom as a lost man? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it just te- it doesn't tell us a whole lot, but y- you think about it. If he was married, and worked a job, and had children. You know, the typical lost man doesn't appreciate anyone or anything. It's all about them. Could you see him coming home, and the wife's had a hard day. Uh, Johnny threw a rock, and Susie's head was cut open, and the washing machine quit and she didn't have time to fix a big meal. And he comes in wants to know where supper is. So right off, he's boy, he's upset. Hey Amen. And then he gets on to Johnny. Where are you throwing rocks for at your sister? You get in the picture? I mean, it, a, a lost man, they put on a good sh- uh Charade. But in reality, there's no peace inside of him. There's no peace inside their home. There's nothing worth living for. A miserable existence. Now, he could have been the deacon in the Dagon church. I don't know. Amen. He could have he could have dabbled in everything and anything. What fell? Amen. And, and, uh, but there was no peace. No peace. So he said, I'll let the ark in. So David, David leaves the ark with Obed-Edom. Now look at verse 14. The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. Now notice this. And the Lord blessed... The house of Obed Edom and all that he had. Boy, there's something different when, when God moves in. Yeah. 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 Boy, when you, when you let the ark of God in, boy, it changes your whole perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. 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 He went from a non-essential, non essential, uh, non, you know, just a miserable existence to the joy of the Lord just overnight. Amen. Can you remember where you were when God saved you? How miserable your life was. And then one day Jesus passed by. Glory to God. What a difference when Jesus passes by. Amen. Uh, There's a song. Yes, it's different. And I'm off key. Oh, so different now. Hey, hey. uh, God makes a difference. Amen. Yes. But now, now when he comes home with the ark of God, with the ark of God in his house, now when he comes home, that his wife's had a hard day, and he'll say, "Oh, that's all right, dear. Don't don't you worry." But said, "We'll just we'll pick up something. You, you know, I you've had a, it'll be all right." And and Johnny, he he tries to tell John, explain to Johnny why he, doesn't, he shouldn't throw rocks. You get you get an idea, amen. I mean, he's a changed man. His house is a changed house. That's what happened when the ark comes in. It's what happened when God moves in. Amen. Hey, it changes your whole life. Glory to God. Amen. So the Lord blessed the house of Obed Edom. That's exactly what God does when you get saved. Amen. Now, I, I, I meant to mention Obed Edom. I, I did tell you he was from Gath. And just by being from Gath, he was at enmity against David. Amen. Uh, It's not anything he did or didn't do. It's just the very fact that he's from Gath. That he's a get tight. That he's at enmity with David. Well, that's you and I in our natural state. You didn't do something to become a sinner. You were born a sinner. You were born on the wrong side of the tracks. You you were without hope. You were without God. Just the very fact that you're a descendant of Adam. You you were lost and undone, bound for a devil's hell. Amen. Uh, People don't go to hell because they drank or did drugs or did this or that. Hey, they go to hell because they never let the ark of God in. Amen. Okay. So his life's turned about. Things are different. Okay. Now I've got four thoughts I want to preach this evening. Amen. Uh, look, look, here, look here in chapter 15 with me. I've set it up. Do you understand? Uh, uh, Obed Eden, his house is blessed. The Lord's moved in. I don't know what the music of the Philistines would have been, but he's not singing that. It's now there's power in the blood, washed in the blood, uh, to God be the glory, amen, when, when the ark moves in. Well, look at chapter 15, 1 Samuel 15, I mean First Chronicles 15, and look at verse 1. And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the Ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the Ark of God and to minister unto him forever. See, David gets right. You remember he was mad at God. He was displeased with God. Amen. But God worked on David. And David gets right. And he realized it was, his, it was his mistake, that he was the one at fault. And so now he's fixing to go fetch the ark. Amen. He's, he's going to the house of Obed-Eden to fetch the ark. P- pick up the reading. Read on down here with me. And uh, he's, it mentions all these names and the sons of Korah and all these different ones. And, and, uh, uh, let, let's read from verse 12. And said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of God, the Lord God of Israel, unto the place that I have prepared for it. For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of God, Uh, Of the the ark of the Lord God of Israel and the children of Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereof as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. Now, after those three months of being blessed of having having the blessings of the Lord in his house David's come to fetch the ark. Now that puts puts Obed-Edom in a quandary. What's he going to do? David's coming after the ark. There's, there's several possibilities. One, he could have told David, said, God's been too good to me. You can't take the ark. The only way you'll take the ark is over my dead body. And David would have said, Joab. Amen. Or he could have said, well, it was good while it lasted. You know, that's a problem with a meeting. we got a summer of evangelists coming. But if we're not careful, uh, it'll come and go. And we'll say it was good while it lasted. Amen. Or, what's the other option? Well, he could pack up and go with David. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, read on down here with me. We're, we're talking about this uh, Obed-Edom. We see where he was the enemy of God. Now, I want you to see where he's the servant of God. Uh, look down. We'll pick up the reading. Oh, let's read from, uh, from verse 18. Okay. And with them, their brethren of the second degree, Zechariah. Well, I should have skipped another verse. Got all them names. But Ben and Jael's and Shemarimoth, and Jehiel, and Unni, and Eliab, and Benaiah, and Messiah, and Mattathiah, and Liphile, and Michniah. And if I didn't get all the names right, Benjamin will tell you later. But notice that next name. And Obed-Edom, and Jael the porters. So what Obed-Edom do? He said, God's been too good. He said, David, you're taking the ark. I'm coming with you. So he gets inside and tells Mrs. Mrs. Obed-Edom, start packing. Start packing. I'll go get them U-Haul camels. We're, we're going to Israel. Amen. And They packed up and followed David to Jerusalem. Amen. Now, he just didn't, he just didn't follow David. Amen. Notice something here. You remember his life was so changed, so turned about. We we, we read verse 18, and the last part of it talks about porters. Obed-Edom just didn't go. Obed-Edom became a porter. Amen. Amen. Now, that's Old English. What's a porter? You ever watch these old black and white movies with the trains, passenger trains? There was a man that would take your, your, your luggage, your baggage. He'd show you where your room was on the train. He's the one that would let your bed down and let it back up and clean the room. What was he called? A porter. Hey man. See, Obed-Edom wasn't along just for the ride. Obed-Edom got involved. He was a servant. Amen. Amen. Hey man. He was a porter. Uh, in reality, what a porter is, is a waiter. Uh, a servant. Someone who waits on another. Hey Amen. Years and years ago, Barbara and I were given... I've got to watch my time. We're, we're given... A, a gift card to Ruth Chris Steakhouse, and it was for a hundred dollars. Got it in, in our offering, and I showed that to Barbara and said, "Look, we got a gift card to a steakhouse. We might eat there a couple times." <laughs> yeah. I, I'd never been to Ruth Chris. I didn't have a clue what it was. Well, we were down in Georgia in the meeting. And we were headed back home to Alabama, and we were going through at Birmingham, and I it was getting close. You know, we were uh, to eat, so I said, "You want to use this gift card?" And she said, "Yeah." So I called the number, and they said there was a Ruth Chris in Birmingham, and they gave me directions. And I went there. I told them we were casual because I didn't know what they would expect, and they said, "Well, you know, it's mid afternoon; you'll be fine." So I mean, we were casual, okay. But, I mean, there were still businessmen in all their suits and ties and women all dressed, you know, biz- business people. And amen. And, but the lunch crowd was, uh, was dissipating and it had slowed down. So they took us to a table. And there was a man there that was the waiter. He had a towel over his arm. They sat us down and gave us menus. And I saw why the gift card was for $100. <laughs> And uh, he he brought us our salads, and and but before he would bring the salads, we were sipping on some water. And it's probably not this way all the time, but they were so slow that, I, literally, I'd take a, I drink a drink of water. Here he'd come with that pitcher and top it off. Barbara would take a sip of her water, and he'd top it off. <laughs> I said, Barbara, look at us. well aren't we something <laughs> uh, brought our salads and after our salads he got this little tray thing out with a lid and, and a little whisper room and he's sweeping all the crumbs off the table and then he, he brings us our, our, our meal and then uh, when we were about to finish up he said would you like some coffee and I said yeah I'll have some coffee so they brought it in something that made right there on the table. And, and uh, after it made, he came and poured the coffee in my cup. And the same thing, I'd take a sip, put the cup down, here he is, refill. I thought, that's pretty good. You know what he was? He was a porter. He was attentive to our needs. Hey, Amen. Amen. That's what, what Obed-Edom was. He was attentive to the needs. He was a porter. Notice the second thing about him. J- jump on down in verse, we'll read uh, for time's sake. Let's read verse 20. And Zechariah and Aziel, and Shimroi, all these names Jehiel and Unni and Eliab and Messiah and Benaiah with salt trees and, on Alameth, and Mattathi and Eliphale and Machniah, and who do we find? Obed-Edom, and Azariah, with harps on the Sheminih to excel. So, uh, he, he, he's not only a porter, but he's a participator. He's getting involved with the music. Amen. Now I could see him saying, you know, uh, I'm not real familiar with this music. You know, I wasn't raised in this, but I'd like to have a part in it. Amen. So, so he got involved and became a participator. Amen. Amen. People often ask me, "What do you see on the road, preachers? You travel? Spectators. Spectators. They're coming to church. What? You, what can you do for me? But that wasn't obedient. Obed-Edoms, what can I do for you, O king? Amen. He was a porter. He was a participator. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Okay. Look, look Read on down with me where we left off. And Chennai and chief of the Levites was for song. He instructed about the song because he was skillful. And barak and Elkanah were doorkeepers for the ark. And Shebani and Jehoshaphat and Nethaneel and Amasai and Zechariah and Benai and Eliezer the priest did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. And who do we see? And Obed Edom and Jehiah were doorkeepers for the ark. Now, not only was he a a, a, a porter and a participator, but also he became a protector. You're familiar with Psalm 84. Uh, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Amen. Uh, what's a doorkeeper, preacher? Well, you remember again, them old black and white movies? And they'd, they'd show somebody going to that big high-rise motel place. And there'd be a man standing at the door. And he'd come out to the cab or the whatever they were riding in and open the door for the people would get out and they'd get out and then he'd go back up to the door and he'd open the door and let them come in. He was keeping the door. Nobody came in unless they came through him. He was the doorkeeper. Amen. The protector. What do you mean, preacher? I mean, uh, if somebody would come in And and I know I'm not supposed to step down around all this stuff. And and said, look here. You know, this King David, you know, he's doing some funny things right now. Bed edom stand stand up. And he'd take him and say, you're not welcome here. He was the doorkeeper. Hey, you're not going to talk about my king. That's my king. Amen. You're not coming in here and messing up things. Amen. He was the doorkeeper. You're not going to talk about my church. Amen. He was the doorkeeper. You know the old devil, he hates the church. Boy, he wants to cause discord. So discord, he wants to divide the believers. What, what we need are Doorkeepers. When the devil plants those tares. boy, pick those tares up and say, we don't want that here. Amen. Amen. Hey, you don't talk about my preacher. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm tell- you're, on, you're on pretty shaky ground. I'm telling you right now. You say one more word and it's over for you. You don't talk about my man of God. Hey, man. Amen. Amen. Hey, man. He was the doorkeeper. We need some men to stand up. You know, it's a shame we have women with more backbone than men. Uh, the women will stand up and say, don't talk about my pastor. Amen. Hey, yeah, we need some men to be protectors. Amen. Amen. Uh, not only protecting the man of God, but what he preaches. Hey, don't question his preaching. If you've got a problem with him, go to him and ask him. And I'm sure he'll be able to explain to you. Hey man? I tell you this, I wouldn't want to debate him. Hey <laughs> man? What are you saying? You ought to be a doorkeeper. Amen. Well, hold on, I got one more. He 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 was he was a um, porter, a participator, a protector. Look in first Chronicles 16. And pay attention, pay attention as I read, verse 4. First Chronicles 16, and look at verse 4. you were in 15, just a page over. Okay, verse 4. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 4. And he appointed certain, he here is David, King David. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, and to record, and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Now, what were they to do? Come on now. I just read it. They were to thank. They were to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. That's what that's what David's going to appoint them to do. Okay. Now look at verse 5. As, he's the man. He's appointing. Asaph the chief. And next to him Zechariah. Jehiel and Shemarimoth. And Jehiel. Boy, I apologize again on the names. And Mattathiah and Eliab and Benaiah. And who do we find? Obed-Edom. And Jal with psalteries and with harps. But Asaph made a sound with symbols. So here now, David, David's standing before all this congregation. And he's, he says, I'm going to appoint some people, some appoint some men. And what they're to do is they're, they're to record and they're to praise and thank the Lord God of Israel. I can see Obed-Edom back there. I'm coming down again. Amen. Amen. I can see him back there somewhere. It's all crowded, so I'll sit right here. And he hears that. And he says, Me! Appoint me, king! Let me be the one! Let me praise you! Amen. Why? Lord had changed his whole house. God had changed everything in his life. Amen. 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 He, he says, if anybody ought to be able to praise him, let me be the one. Good. Good. Amen. Good. Let me be the one to praise him. Amen. amen. I'll tell him how I was from Gath. I was wrapped up in all that heathen stuff. Then one day David dropped the ark off. God came in. Boy, my life's been different ever since. God's blessed me. Let me be the one. Amen. I go to a lot of meetings and sometimes the pastor will say, does anyone have a word for the Lord tonight? And you'd swear, he said, you're next in the dentist chair. (laughs) Everybody gets closed mouth syndrome. Not me. Hey, did the ark come in? Did God change your life? Amen. What are you waiting for? Amen. Amen. Hey, you ought to shout a little bit. Just, yeah. You know, I have people tell me, says, Brother Shank, we don't have to see you. We, we can tell when you're in the service. Amen. Well, join me. Amen. Hey, man, I need a little help. Amen. Hey, man. Hey, hey. I'm telling you, he's worthy. Amen. Our Lord's worthy. Uh, he's the best there is. There's nobody like him. Uh, boy, you, you ought to clear you out of spot and call recess and praise him for a while. Glory to God. Amen. If that's not good enough, take it grab the flag and run around the auditorium. Amen. Hey, he's worthy. Amen. Well, I got a last point and I'm done. Boy, oh, I like this extended time. <laughs> We're looking at Obed-Edom. He was the enemy of God who became the servant of God. He was a porter, a participator, a protector, and, and a praiser, one who praised the Lord. What I want to show you is the results of packing up and going with God. Look in First Chronicles 26. First Chronicles 26. The results of packing up and going with God. First Chronicles 26 and verse 4. Notice now. Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom were Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehazabad the second, Joah the third, Sacar the fourth, Nathaniel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar the seventh, Sheolthi the eighth, for God blessed him. Also unto Shemaiah his son were sons born that ruled throughout the house of their father, for they were mighty men of valor. Notice it didn't say they played second base. It didn't say they dunked the basketball. It didn't say they were tailback on the high school team. Amen. Boy, you all were with me a minute ago. Amen. I'm not anti sports, but I'm anti sports being your god. Verse seven: The sons of Shemaiah, Athnai, and Raphael, and Obed, Obed, and Elzebad, whose brethren were strong men, Elihu and Semachiah, Ninars. All these of the son of Obed Edom. They and their sons and their brethren, able men for strength for the service, were threescore and two of Obed-Edom. It pays to go with God. Amen. man, Sixty-two descendants of Obed-Edom in service for the Lord. Amen. Boy, it pays to pack up and go with God. Hey man, oh, you might not live in a brownstone mansion or drive a new Escalade, but you might have sixty-two descendants in service for the Lord. Hey man, hey, what is he's saying? I'm saying it pays to go with God. Hey man, old Beddy, we can learn from old Beddy.